Hello! Welcome back to Kinda Radical. Um, I am a little bit late on my month, my one month upload, but I've been super busy. Um, I said last episode, last one was with Abigail here, and I had said, you know, I'll be going to Europe for two weeks. Um, I left for Europe on September 1st and didn't get back until September 17th. And until since then, I've been working like every single day and I've had to catch up on schoolwork. But now I'm all caught up. I've got a day off, so I'm super excited to be here today and talk to you. I'm going to fill you in on my trip, tell you all about the details of where we went, how it was, favorite parts, worst parts. Um, And then we're going to get into a new topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Okay, so I hope you're all doing well. Happy fall. Today is... It's in the second week of fall, so which to me is, it still feels like summer because I'm in Arizona. It feels, it's like 100 degrees every day still. It does not feel like fall, but I'm going back home soon and I'm ready for some rain and we're going to a pumpkin patch and I'm super excited to do some fall like Halloween stuff. I love Halloween. It is one of my favorite holidays. I've been asking everybody what they're going to be for Halloween. Um, I have two costumes. I'm going to do one costume with my boyfriend and his friends. We're all going to be the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper style Beatles. Um, I'm going to be Ringo Starr because I think he has a cool name. Um, But we're all in those like bright colored suits and everything from the Sgt. Pepper album. So I'm super excited about that. And then I'm doing another costume. I haven't decided if it's going to be solo or with a friend yet. Um, but that's going to be kind of more of like a girly, sexy costume. I've never done a sexy costume before. I've always gone for like the funny costumes. Um, like one year I was John Cena. That was like probably one of my favorites. Um, one year I was a banana. I was Wayne from, wait, was I Wayne? I don't know. Oh, no, I was Wayne's friend from Wayne's World. Um, I can't remember his name. Who was I? Oh, and then last year I was in Portugal on Halloween, so I didn't get to dress up. So I'm super excited to dress up this year. That's why I have two costumes. I'm so excited. And I'm ready for fall. Um, Anyway, so let me tell you about my trip. So September 1st, my boyfriend and I went to Europe for two weeks. Uh, We went to, we started in the Netherlands. We went to Amsterdam and then down the coast of Lysingen. Amsterdam was our favorite spot. We absolutely loved it. The people were so nice. There was so much to do. It's just such a like fun, welcome environment. Um, we rode bikes like through the countryside, like just like some like once in a lifetime experiences that I like absolutely loved. And then we went down the coast. We took the train down the coast to Vlissingen, which I mean, good for you if you've heard of it, but it is a super, super small town, like a coastal town. We stayed on the North Sea. We actually rented an Airbnb and we stayed on a boat in the harbor in Blissingen, which was such a cool, unique experience and I loved it. Um, but there we like also rode bikes, um, like barely anybody spoke English. We cooked on the boat, we just like went to grocery stores. We hung out on the beach, watched the sunset, swam in the North Sea, like super, super fun there very relaxing for a few days um and then we went down to belgium we went to brussels and we went over to bruges or bruges okay so i heard that the french way to say it is bruges and the dutch way to say it is bruges um and belgium is like dutch and french so in brussels everyone spoke french which was really stressful because i speak a little bit of french 
um, French was my minor at one point. And, but I have a lot of anxiety when I speak French because my French class was like super high stakes, I always felt like. Um, so I get nervous when I have to speak French, but I did in Belgium just a little bit. Um, or I did in Brussels just a little bit. And then we went over to Bruges and I mean, it was mostly Dutch, but Dutch is so hard to speak. So I don't know any Dutch. Um, Bruges was wonderful. There was so many like touristy things to do. And we just went to like museums. We were only there for a little bit. Um, we went to a lot of museums and walked around. Um, and then, oh, like, Bruges, we stayed in a hostel, and, like, my boyfriend and I would just, like, stay up late, like, drinking in the bar at the bottom of the hostel and, like, talking to people. Like, it was so much fun. We loved it. Brussels was a little... Brussels was not our favorite spot. Um, not very much to do. Like, we filled our day, but I wouldn't go back there again. Which is like a hot take. Sorry, Brussels. Um, anyway, our last stop after that was Munich, and we added this on kind of at the end, so we were only there for a little bit of time, but we went to Oktoberfest, which my boyfriend really wanted to do. He's a big beer guy. Um, I absolutely loved Oktoberfest. I'm not a beer fan. I did have a beer there, which was like, okay. Um, but I'm not a beer fan, so I wasn't like super wild about it, and then we got there, and I realized it's just like this big like county or state fair it's just like huge so like most of the day we spent like walking around and eating food and like people watching and riding on rides like it wasn't like all surrounded by beer which is what I kind of had expected um but we like saw the opening parade on the morning and like heard like the it sounded like a cannon I don't know if there were fireworks I couldn't see them during the day but it sounded like some sort of explosions like when it opened and we like went and saw the tents and all the performances like it was so great I loved it um and also randomly my neighbors from home <laughs> were in Munich at the same time so the first night we got there they kind of like took us out and we went bar hopping and you know like went around saw had some drinks and they kind of showed us some stuff uh so that was our fun trip and then I got back and I've been super busy since then um it was, it was not my first time in Europe. It was my boyfriend's first time in Europe. But I wouldn't say that there was, like, a huge culture shock. Like, a lot of people asked, like, was it crazy? Like, not really. Um, that's kind of how I felt in most Western European countries, is that the culture shock isn't huge. Um, the biggest difference is the language. And in places like Amsterdam and Munich for Oktoberfest, like, it was... 90 I'd say like 95% English anyway like people looked at us and they like j the first thing I did was speak English Belgium was a little bit different they would speak French first in Brussels or Dutch first in Bruges um but it wasn't like a huge culture shock we had like great moments like like I said like biking through the countryside of Amsterdam and like staying in a boat and um, meeting people from all over the world like some like great experiences and there weren't too many bad moments we had a couple bad roommates in the hostels um there was just a guy that was like he was really loud we came home we walked into the room at like 11 30 and he was um he was like blasting club music and then he was like fell asleep really fast and he was snoring super loud but he still had his club music on <laughs> Um, but that was just funny, and then we kind of bonded with the other people in the room. Uh, so there were just, like, some great moments, and it was a really fun trip, and I loved it. I can't wait to go on another trip. 
But this is like the first time in months. Oh, well, I guess I'm going home soon. But after that, this is will be the first time probably since like last year that I haven't had a trip plan, a trip planned. So I feel kind of like, like, should I, should I plan one? Like, I don't know. Where should I go? Even if it's just somewhere small, like I love having a trip planned. It's just like, gives me something to look forward to and incentivizes me to save money. So I don't know. We'll see where I end up going soon. (laughs) Um, But that's all that happened in the past month. It's been a very, very busy month. But I am here now and I'm super excited to talk to you. So today what we're going to talk about is something that I've mentioned quite a few times on this podcast before. Um, Something that I was personally involved in and have a very unique take on. Um, That would be Greek life and specifically sororities. And I actually was like super... I went back and forth on like what to talk about on this episode because this is the first solo episode I feel like I've done in a long time. So I was like, I was like, oh, I don't even know what to talk about. Like, what am I going to say? And then I was just at the gym like an hour ago and I was listening to Alex Earl's podcast, Hot Mess, and she shared her experience freshman year with rushing and sororities in Greek life. And then I was like, okay, like, I think it kind of just like kickstarted a lot of thoughts in my brain. So I now feel ready. Like I want to share my experience and my take, my feminist perspective on the whole lot. That is a debated feminist issue, like sororities in Greek life and abolished Greek life movement. So I just want to share some things that I have to say about it. So thanks for being here. I missed you all so much. Happy fall. Let's get into it. talked about this a lot on here before but I was involved for two years in the sorority alpha phi um and maybe I like shouldn't name that I don't know that I already have so it's like not a secret anyway I was in alpha phi um I was I joined because it was kind of important to my mom I'm a triple legacy both my mom and my grandma were a part of it um I was very surprised when I joined I don't follow the typical sorority girl stereotype um which is like a certain appearance a certain attitude towards like drinking and partying um a certain appearance of like tan and blonde and wearing certain brands and that is just like not who I am nor how I present myself So quite a few people were very surprised when I did decide to join. Um, I joined online, which was a very different experience. Um, I I like joined a Zoom call and said like, you know, I'm interested. My mom was in this, my grandma was in this, and they were basically just like, okay, like you have a bid, like you're good. And that is a super different experience from what I know, like, nearly everybody goes through like my school is very unique um just to also kind of outline that we had 23 girls in our chapter 23 like my sophomore year was the last year I was there there were I think like 16 girls that rushed in the whole school and so my sorority got like seven of them there were four sororities so we had like seven another one had like three girls like new girls you know like it just 
our school is really small and then we also had like kind of gone through an abolished greek life movement like the past few years before i got there which had kind of diminished people wanting to join so it was it was itty bitty which made for a very different experience um we also didn't have houses we had like a basement lounge under one of the dorms and there were only two frats and all the frats were like nerds so people like weren't it like wasn't important to party with them very much um so I understand like that's kind of like a disclaimer that my sorority experience um was very different and overall I'd say it was really positive I really enjoyed it um girls were reaching out and they were kind and whether that was fake or not I felt like we had some like genuine conversations and I made some very good friends of which I'm very of whom I am very close with now till this day even though I don't even go to the school anymore and I transferred out of the sorority um I'd say it was an overall positive experience now that being said there were some issues that even at a small school popped up so I'm 100% certain that they have issues like this or greater than this at bigger schools. Problems started popping up second year when we were in person, which like makes sense because everything was online the first, pretty much the first year, definitely the first semester. So, I mean, there wasn't really anything going on. Um, second year, like, we had some problems that I'm just going to kind of throw out some big words here. <laughs> um, we faced problems of tokenism which is um we had a few girls in our sorority um of color and they were consistently like asked to participate in like dei events and we kind of like over highlighted them put them on the front page of instagram and everything like more so than other girls to kind of like show that we were diverse um even though they were such a small portion of our um sorority some major issues with classism which is like one of the biggest problems i have with sororities all over is that they're just so expensive to be a part of and you have to pay dues which are fucking expensive and it's quite heavily implied that you wear certain things that are also expensive and wear makeup that's expensive and it takes time and money to do all those things and you surround yourselves in those communities with people who are very wealthy and affluent and that's not always necessarily the best thing to do for yourself. So I struggle with the classism of it a lot and we, specifically in my sorority, we would like say like Alpha Phi offers so many scholarships and then it was just like pretty close to impossible to like receive those scholarships um if girls like couldn't pay dues on time it was quite cutthroat like you paid by this day or I mean you had like a day or two to get the money like the hundreds if not thousands of dollars you had to pay or like you're out like out for good like it was very serious um and not everybody in college can afford that or has the family that can pay that for them so that part just was not my favorite and that's quite a universal thing not just at my school, but we did struggle with that a lot. Um, my school necessary or my sorority necessarily did not, but I mean, there are quite a lot of reports of like racism throughout sororities. I think I'm not going to get into the history of it, but 
in history okay wait that would literally be getting into the history of it well whatever i'll just say this <laughs> like sororities were started to create a space for like women to talk and like have a community that is just for women um unfortunately at that time like that meant that it was only white women and not any women of color um and i think that that has kind of like passed down through decades which is like an unfortunate trend to take on um another big problem we had in my sorority which i see in other sororities is the lack of open language and the availability to anyone who does not identify as heterosexual um we tried to change quite a few things which didn't make like the higher up people very happy but um there are some just like deeply embedded rules and language within sororities that is very like man and women and very like heterosexual based which is just simply not the case anymore um my sorority alone had so like such a large percentage of women that were involved in the lgbtq community and that was quite exclusive to only have language that accepted straight women so those are just like a few of the problems that did crop up that i would be like oh like this is making me feel a little bit icky and like i said i was listening to alex earl's podcast and she was talking like about rush i like if i don't know if you've listened to it or not but she's like talking about her rush experience and how much anxiety she felt and that like she was dropped from houses and she felt like so much anxiety from that and like what is wrong with me And I can't speak to that because I never felt that. Like I said, I had a really unique rush experience. And since my school's rush is so small, like, no one gets turned away. Like, you just, like, will not be dropped. Unless you're, like, I don't know, like, Ted Bundy. But, okay, bad example. Anyway, so I can't speak to that necessarily, but I can, like, empathize that that is just, like, awful. And I can imagine that that would make someone's anxiety so much worse. So, clearly, I'm just, like, highlighting right now, like, systemic problems within sororities that don't apply to every sorority, not every alpha fee, not all of Greek life, but just things that like I've experienced or I've heard through other forms of media or people that I think are like important to bring up before we like kind of dive into this deeper discussion. But that's basically like all the things I want to lay out. Um, So the abolished Greek life movement started like not that long ago, maybe like I think it like kind of gained traction like right before covid slash during covid um i know that one of the main problems with this and i have not mentioned this yet i want to bring this up now one of the biggest arguments against greek life is sexual assault and that comes from sorority and fraternity parties and more often than not it is a girl in a sorority is in some way sexually assaulted or raped by men that are involved in fraternities um this is a huge a huge problem um i actually saw somewhere that girls women in sororities are 74 percent more likely to experience rape than other college women And college women are already way more likely to experience any form of sexual assault than women in any other stages of their life. It's just, like, the combination of, like, drinking and lack of guardianship and 
experience of freedom and blurred lines of consent. Um, and then that all like goes up by 74% when you are in a sorority. Um, the problem with this and this debate is that Greek life, people say Greek life needs to be abolished because girls keep getting sexually assaulted. I think that's a bullshit argument. Um, and there are ways to make it better. And to make it better, you would say this. Fraternities need to be abolished or educated because girls keep getting sexually assaulted. Lumping in the sororities and saying those need to be abolished because of the sexual assault is victim blaming and it is unfair because the women in the sororities are the victims. They are 74% more likely than other college women to get sexually assaulted. But by saying that all Greek life is abolished is victim blaming and taking away something that can be very, very positive for a lot of women because they are in danger, that are put in danger by men. So instead of educating the men, don't put things in people's drinks, don't sexually assault them, it is unfair to take away a women's organization and community because they are at, at, or they are put in danger. Um, this makes me think of this quote that I actually have this, I'm looking at this list I have right here. It says ideas for a podcast. It's a bullet point list. And down at the bottom, it says, does gender equality need to focus on lifting up boys instead of lifting up girls in today's age? And I think that this quote is like super... Can, no, that's not the word. It's super helpful in this um, debate because sororities in they have their problems but in the argument of sexual assault sororities are doing nothing wrong and it is bullshit to try to abolish that or take that away because they are the victims of sexual assault and rape so instead we need to amend the fraternities um one of the biggest problems with this that leads up to that is that the panhellenic organization um it's panhell for short it includes like oh, I don't know, I think the number's like 25 or 26 sororities in the United States. It's like, it kind of like runs all of them. Panhell has banned alcohol in sorority houses. So you can't, so the sororities cannot drink in their house. So where are they going to drink? In the frat houses. So then you put a woman who is drinking into a male house with tons of other drunk intoxicated people and it's it's not safe you're being you're being put in unsafe places with people who aren't necessarily unsafe but maybe don't fully understand or lose track while they're also intoxicated of the correct definition of consent and dangerous things happen that can affect people for the rest of their lives um and it's super unsafe it's unfair it turns into like a super victim blaming situation um so this is kind of like people would say a backwards thing but unbanning drinking and sorority houses i feel like would help that um that is one way to like amend greek life to protect the institutions if you haven't gathered by now, I don't agree with the Abolish Greek Life movement. I think that they create like really helpful 
um, communities. You can meet a lot of great people. You can have a lot of great friends and great experiences. It's also great on your resume. And this is for both men and women. It's like a super, super good social builder and like skill builder if you put certain things into it other than just drinking and partying. So I don't agree that it needs to be abolished, but it clearly without a doubt needs to be amended. But I think that the main amendments need to come through the fraternity side, not the sorority side. And from that, we will see then protection of women, increased safety of women. If women are allowed to drink in their own homes, they won't have to get home or they won't decide to stay the night at someone's house and put themselves in a dangerous situation. Um, And that kind of knocks down like the biggest argument against Greek life, which is that it's unsafe for sexual assault reasons. So once you get that out of the way and you start educating and amending that for men, all of a sudden our women are safer and they can enjoy their sororities and their friends without having to put themselves in any danger. Going back to what I said at the beginning beyond the problems of sexual assault in Greek life, there are also problems with sororities that I think have kind of like transformed as society has also transformed what i mean by that is like the um like reinforcing certain things about women such as their appearance being like the most important um and that is like kind of seen through like rush and like you have to like rank girls and you have to like look a certain way and have your makeup like i said before um that's not always necessarily super helpful to like (laughs) reinforce that your appearance is the most important um and then like I had talked about like tokenism classism racism like there are so many other problems that are not to be diminished that are very very serious within Greek life um however I would argue that the heavy presence of sexual assault does take precedence over those issues um like I said I think if that had gotten if that is to be solved I think that there are other ways that we can fix these other things and that would all be about the people that you are letting into your sorority. Um, If you let racist people into your community, you're going to create a racist community. And if you let the same like copy-paste girls that are super rich and only care about drinking into your community, you're going to get a community that reflects those values. So we're kind of just like reaping what we sow here in these sororities. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. I just think that there needs to be like a highlight on so many other things as well. And the media does not necessarily highlight the good parts of sororities like that. Um, For example, sororities are actually all about philanthropy. Each sorority has its own philanthropy. Mine is all about women's heart health. Um, We learn about women's heart health every year. We volunteered all the time. We donated money to Women's Heart Health and other organizations. My job was DEI, which if you don't know, means diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I teach girls about ways to implement those things in communities outside of our sorority. Also how to like cherish them and celebrate them within our community. Um, There are like so many good things that kind of fly under the radar and people who are against the Greek against Greek life like all for the abolish Greek life movement I feel like don't pick up on those things or they haven't experienced Greek life like I have and I will say mine was like a positive experience and I'm super grateful for that 
Um, but even at my tiny school, like, we had problems that I've said before. So I just, I do not agree with the abolish collect movement. I think that anywhere that you can have a community of just women is a great community. Um, they can make friends, they can build their resumes, they can learn so many new things and gain so many new skills, and that should in no case be abolished. If we want to talk about the Abolish Creek Life Movement, we need to learn about how to make our girls safe um, and how to value things that are not typically valued in sororities. And that comes a lot from the men's side of it through the fraternities, through educating, amending, perhaps even abolishing certain things within the fraternity environment. I don't know anything about fraternities. I was never involved with the frats at my school. Like I said, they were all fucking nerds. So I don't, like, there's nothing I can say on that point other than, like, if you want to change Greek life, you need to start where the problem is, and starting with the problem is not blaming the victim. So that is my take on Greek life. Um, I know that this is, like, comes from a super unique perspective just because my Greek life experience was so small and positive. A lot of people share negative perspectives on it. But I don't think that we should abolish it. I think that it is, it was made for good. It can continue to be used for good. I think that we just need to fight for it so that it is, in the future, only used for good things. So that is pretty much all I'm going to talk about today. I really just wanted to get into a quick little discussion about my views on Greek life. Um, I'm super happy to be back and getting to do these episodes for you. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful fall. And my next episode, I guess, will come out like right around post-Halloween. So I'll get to tell everyone what I was for Halloween. I'm so excited. Um, but have a great fall. I hope you all stay warm if you are somewhere that is not super hot like me. Thank you for listening and have a good day. Bye-bye.